time for the morning panel. Uh, you guys are my uh, favorite pair. So, no, no offense to everybody Aww, else, but I mean, I, I, I bring you guys back a lot. And so, no, no, no disrespect to all the people who've come in. I've enjoyed them all, truly. Uh, but you guys, I have back the most. And so we're joined by former city councilors Roger Crancy and Miriam Hamu. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Is that because we have to bring you an ounce of gold every time? We, yes, we it come? is. Okay. You yeah. only have to bring an ounce. Yeah, that's, that's all <laughs> I, I have to for. Uh, listen, I got to give a, a, a quick shout out to a guy that I pretend he's my friend, <laughs> Claudio. Um, so I say hi to Claudio and uh, maybe that'll get him off my back for a while and hopefully he doesn't call me again. But uh, Claudio, hi, how you doing? I hope you're well. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening, Claudio. <laughs> Well, uh, let's start by talking about the uh, by-elections. Normally, I don't talk about by-elections because they are what they are, but we find ourselves in unusual times uh, where the Conservatives are up in the polls, but that doesn't mean anything really until you get into the uh, election itself. And we have, uh, you know, a society in this country that feels like it's getting more and more divided, divisive, angrier, and so uh, I'm I'm wondering, you know, how you guys are thinking. Like, is this more important than usual, or is it is it just uh, your run of the mill by election? I, I think of the four. I think the, probably the most interesting one is going to be the one just down the road east mm-hmm. of London, mm-hmm. uh, where you've got a a former member who is now supporting a candidate from the other party, from the Liberal Party. Um, and Dave McKenzie was a member of Parliament for many years. Uh, staunch conservative, uh, but now he's gone to the other side. But and and I find that you know somewhat self-serving in the sense that he wanted his daughter to be the uh, the member. And and uh, as you know in politics, nothing should be passed down, even though it is. And in London, we have our own case here. We've got uh, but more it's, than one. It, what's that? I said we've got more than one. We, we, no, yeah. we have the one. We have the one, yeah. We have the one. But uh, I, that's where I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, all the dynamics that are that are going on there. Um, maybe somebody comes up through the middle and splits that one. I don't know. Uh, but it's also, uh, you know, Woodstock, If I'm very familiar with it in the sense that my, my stepdaughter lives there. Uh, I'm there quite often. It is a changing community. It is going mm. through quite a big change over the past few years. And uh, the influx of people from, from the Toronto area, the GTA, and uh, so things are, are, are different. Things are happening that may not be happening as much in other communities. So it's be very interesting to see that one. Uh, I think the big question is when you have uh, by-elections, uh, most by-elections uh, tend to go to, against the government in power just to show a message uh, with a, a minority situation that you have right now. It's a little precarious. I don't haven't looked at the numbers as to exactly. I don't think it'll change the balance of power, uh, but it'll make things a lot tougher. I think for, uh, for Mr. Trudeau, uh, if he, um, uh, how many does he? So he it's two it's liberal two seats, two. Uh, two liberal seats, yeah. two, conservative yeah. two conservative seats up for yeah. grabs yeah. here. So, so again, it, it, it may be that it's a wash and it ends up the same. Uh, but again, the interesting one to watch is the one just east of London. And uh, I think that, that one will, will show a lot of differences within the two parties. And I think it's incumbent upon Mr. Polyev to, to show something also, to show that uh, you know, he is up in the polls and um, his leadership abilities. Um, will, will, it's always a barometer by checking on the by-elections. But you know, four is not a large number. If he maintains the two seats, he's maintained the two seats. If he gains one, you know, there'll be a uh, within the, the 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 conservative party. They'll say that they won the whole election. So it'll be very interesting. That's the bottom line. Miriam. Yeah. Um, so I've participated in a by-election, and we actually won uh, back in two thousand and six. 
Um, it was for London North Center, and we won that seat, the Liberals. And I do, I don't know how important this is going to be yet. Like, I just don't know. Um, I think that it's important because there's two and two, right? I think that's going to be, they're going to play on that. Like, there's two seats up for the for the Liberals and two seats up for the Conservatives. So I think they're going to play that one, you know, that kind of, are the Conservatives going to gain one or lose one? Um, but the seats that I'm looking at, Rogers Wright, it is Oxford, but the other one is Quebec. Um, I'm really interested in how Quebec politics are going. They're not going very well. Quebec is a country that is um, starting to see a lot of fraying at the sides. And if they don't fix things now, I think things are going to um, really um, fall apart for them. But that's why I'm looking at Quebec. The other thing that I like about by-elections is it's not really about the parties so much. It's about the candidates. And I think you really get to pay attention to the per, to the to the actual candidates in your um, in your riding and and the whole city. What I like about a by election, another thing is that the whole area gets involved. So you have all of the liberals come and help in one area, or all the conservatives. So it's like it's a team effort, and I really like that. The other thing I like about by elections is you can introduce candidates that have never really been there before and give them some time to actually develop themselves. And that happened during the 2006 election and Elizabeth May came down here. We really got to know who she was and who the Green Party was. And I think if you didn't have a by-election, I don't think we could have really gotten to know her that well. So I think there's a lot of really good things about the by-election. But um, in terms of how it's going to play out, I think it's still really early. Who do you, I mean, I'm curious who might have more at stake here because you can make the argument, you know, either way. Like in, in Oxford, if it flips from conservative to liberal... Mm-hmm. Uh, then that could be, you know, a, a strike against Polyev. But in, in Manitoba, where there's two seats, or even Quebec, if it goes from liberal to conservative, that's a strike against Trudeau. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of anti-Trudeau sentiment in the country right now. So uh, I know there's there's a lot at stake for both Polyev and for Trudeau in this one. Uh, there is, and that's what happens during by-elections. And we're, we're what, about a year a year and a bit out from a next election, I think. that uh, Assuming it holds, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, because it could happen anytime. Um, so there's not much more you can read. We all, it's always the same thing is said, you know, whoever wins that will show that, that people think that that's the way the, the election is going to go next time. The problem you have with by-elections is the, 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 the leaders don't come in and promise the world as they do during an election, a general election across the country. So you're more or less as a candidate left to your own devices and you really can't promise anything. So you really have to run on the record that's there right now. And, uh, you know, are people enamored with the, the liberals? Well, the numbers show you they're not. Are people enamored with uh, the conservatives? Well, they're, there's, uh, they're up in the polls, but there's always that question of, uh, of uh, Mr. Polyev and, and his leadership abilities and, and how he is a uh, fairly divisive leader, I think. Um, he does not poll well with women. Yeah, so that's what I think people are going to look at, uh, those types of numbers. Again, leader can't come in, promise the world it's a election for a very small area it's not for the whole country so there are differences that way yeah and i think the leader what the leader does is they bring in the numbers for the area right they bring in the excitement um but yeah i I, the leaders stress me out like they really (laughs) stress me out i mean don't stress but i don't know how to i don't know how not to stress i mean we've got two parties that are like these, these big yeah these big, big, huge parties that have got all of this amazing history behind them and great policy. And then you've got two duds as leaders. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. They're duds, both of them. Whether it's Pierre Polyevre, who is 
Stephen Harper light. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. This guy came in on the the coattails of Stephen Harper, and he's been riding them ever since. I mean, I just remember I used to work in the House of Commons when he was there. We used to call him Harper Junior back then. So, I mean, in terms of leadership, he's not really a leader. He's a he's a House of Commons, you know person. He doesn't have anything outside of that. He's never done anything outside of politics. I don't know how we can have a leader that all he's done in his entire life is manage a riding, like a riding. Like this is just, it's insanity. This whole election is insanity to me. To there are, me. I mean, Trudeau and Polyev, we've got to take a break here, yeah. are, t- are two sides of the same coin. I mean, I yeah. mentioned Polyev yeah. doesn't poll well with women. Trudeau doesn't always poll well with men. men. And it's kind of, you know, kind of a flip side. He's got and, great hair. <laughs> he's got great hair. Both have okay hair. I guess they do. Yeah. Hair, hair is overrated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, more of the morning panel. This is the morning show with Devin Peacock. We continue on with the uh, morning uh, panel. Uh, joined this morning by Roger Crancy and uh, Miriam Hamu. Uh, we'll shift our focus uh, from uh, federal to local issues. Uh, we had a. Uh, a real tense uh, protest uh, on Friday, and there's uh, you know some some questions uh, this week still with uh, tenants in limbo about um, this Webster Street uh, situation. Tenants have been uh, told that they are being evicted, so there can be uh, renovations at uh, the apartment building. Uh, there are concerns of renovations happening, which is where uh, a tenant is. Uh, told to leave uh, and evicted so that there could be updates done to a, ho- a home of any sort and then put back on the market a, at a higher value. Um, and so there are concerns that is uh, happening before our eyes right now. What makes this even more tense, I think, is just the general renting and housing situation where a lot of people are just concerned about this. And it's and it's a and that's been on the minds uh, for a lot of people. So if you leave this apartment, where do you go next uh, with uh, rent uh, higher than it is right now? Uh, I I guess first off, I mean, is enough being done to protect tenants here? Uh, what do we make of this situation? Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm so torn on this. And, uh, you know, as a provider of affordable housing, um, as, uh, you know, residents of affordable housing is one of the groups that I I'm involved with, and we build affordable housing. We know that there's a problem out there, uh, but we're not building enough, uh, not quick enough anyways to take care of the issues. But I also see the landlord's position in this, mm-hmm. that there are times where they have to do work that has to be done. Um, you, you can't go in, spend the money, and then think you're going to be able to rent it for the same thing because your costs are, uh, are what they are. Um, you have to bring things up to code. I don't think there's any issues that way there. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I know those buildings on Webster Street. I pass by them on my way home almost every day. Um, and it was unfortunate to see what happened the other day, especially with the gentleman that seemed as though he was hired uh, to, to be there to uh, the do security. What, yeah, to do what he was doing, which should have never happened. But I also say this. I don't think the it's a place for a member of council to be at. This is an issue that gets solved in the courts. This is not an issue where you can uh, come in and try to negotiate between a landlord and the tenant. Uh, that is for other others with that type of expertise to do. Uh, I understand probably why uh, Mr. Cuddy was there, uh, but I don't think it's a. It, 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 he should be providing some hope to people that 
uh, he can change anything to make it uh, make it better because he really can't. Yeah, I, I talked about this with the mayor uh, yesterday, and there's very little. I mean, the city can kind of do in this sort of a situation. And, and this would have to be sorted out in court. I mean, there there's the uh, and I always get it wrong, but the landlord tenant board is what uh, everybody knows knows it by. But uh, that's where you go to solve these types of disputes. Um, or you can go to, to general court and, uh, and solve it there. But you also have to realize that the landlord at times has to do things to make a building better. Um, the costs have gone up immensely for construction materials. The costs for labor have gone up um, quite a bit. So there's a cost to that person. And obviously, as a business person, they need to recoup their costs. So how do they do that? Well, they charge higher rents. Um, so the reality on both parts is a reality. Um, both parts have to deal, or both people, both sides have to deal with their their uh, issues that they're they're dealing with. It's unfortunate that this lady who was put forward in the media um, as an elderly woman who uh, has lived there for a long time, paid her rent on time, and now unfortunately that rent that she's going to be paying is going to be much much higher. Um, so if I'm going to suggest anything, I'd suggest you know, get your name somewhere where they're building. Could uh, we, more housing. I understand, you know, updates. Can we give the tenants more time at the very least? I mean, yeah. August is the t- the timeline they have, which is not a lot of time to find a new uh, spot. I don't even think they're going to find a spot. I don't think you're going to find a spot even if you give them until December. That's the reality and situation we're in. I've been reading, um, you know, Reddit and how people are really struggling to find housing, um, whether it's London, Toronto, anywhere really in any um, urban center in Canada, it is impossible to find housing. So we find ourselves in a situation where people not only can't find housing, but they can't afford housing. And who gets hurt? Who's the, who's going to get hurt? It's always going to be the people at the lowest end of the, you know, the, uh, the rung, the lowest rung on the, the ladder. And, um, and unfortunately, because of things that have happened around the province and the feds and the municipalities can't can't cover it, so I don't understand why a municipal councillor would try to negotiate something because there's nothing the municipality can do right now. It comes down to the province, and in terms of these people, I don't know what we're going to do. And if you think that this is this is something that is abnormal, this is just the beginning. Like this is just the beginning. People don't understand. Right now, I think there's about 2,000 homeless people in London, from what I understand, some of the numbers. By the end of the summer, there's going to be around 3,000. So we're, he- we're sitting here speaking about one in two people that it's happening to, but it's going to happen on a large scale and not just in London. It's going to happen all over the province and all over the country. And I don't know how we are going to deal with this. Like, I really don't. I, I'm I, at the end of my, like, yeah. how do we do this? We have this. no homes. Yeah, 30 can, seconds. I can say this. Premier Ford has tried. Uh, one of the things he did actually do just recently, I think, in the city of Toronto, he allowed multiplexes. Yes. So no matter yes. where you live, it can be turned into a multiplex. But people are There are tons yeah. of houses in the city of London that have lower unit apartments yeah. that aren't rented because it's not they're not uh, uh, zoned for that. Yeah. That could help solve a problem and I will almost bet dollars to donuts that you will see the premier do that across the province. I shortly. hope sooner rather than later. We'll end it there. Appreciate you both uh, coming in. That's uh, Miriam Hamu and Roger Caranzi. We-